Hi, everyone, and welcome to Televisions, the podcast, an audio companion to the Televisions website and a show made by Anglophiles for Anglophiles. I am Lacey Bargamilis, and I'm the editor here at Televisions. And joining me as per usual is my co-host, Miss Annie Bundle. Hello. Hello. How are you today? You do sound a little more echoey, I think. Annie's doing some renovation in her office, so if she sounds weird, that's why. Yeah, um, I have no curtains up right now, um, other than the uh, uh, one of the drop cloths across the actual window behind the laptop, so I can physically see Lacey. Um, but she can't really see me because the window behind me is nice and bright. And yeah, her head is glowing. Although I will yeah. <laughs> tell you, you sound better when you turn your head to the left. So this is just us working okay. through things live. Welcome, okay. welcome to cool. the glamorous world of podcasting. That doesn't surprise me since that's where the fabric is. And of course, my voice bouncing over the fabric sounds better. Ding! Um, our, our sound engineer be so proud of us for figuring out things he tells us all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, so what are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about a lot of things today. Today is our spring preview edition. Good Lord, there's so much coming for spring. Because there's so much stuff coming in the next three months that we're kind of going to try and give you like an overview of it. And I don't know, maybe rank what maybe rank what we think you should spend your limited time on in the next three months, because there is just a tremendous amount of content between now and the end of May. And if you wanted to know why that is, it's because the Emmys deadline is also at the end of May. So buckle up. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, some of this is not Emmys based. Like the fact is, is that we always have, you know, PBS always does like a, a, a spring set of shows that are British shows on Sundays. Well, yes, but I literally meant every other network and streamer on earth. Oh, Lord have mercy. Yes. Um, it, And because um, a lot of them have moved to weekly back to weekly, um, you know, in order to make sure all 10 episodes or all eight episodes get out before the Emmy deadline um, or that the finale lands right as Emmy voters are voting, they now need they start them basically this month or the beginning of April. So we have a lot of things coming. Um, and I mean, obviously, the most important ones for us here at television, since we are a product of WETA, are uh, Sanditon and Call the Midwife and the show that will be joining them this year, which is Marie Antoinette. Um, I'm actually really excited for that last one of the three. I mean, I, that sounds ridiculous because I should be excited for Sanditon, but I'm um, cautiously worried about Sanditon. <laughs> um, I don't really know how to feel about Sanditon, and I'm going to try to... I'm I'm in the recapper chair for Sanditon and for Marie Antoinette, and I've seen the first episodes of both, so I'm going to try to vague up anything that I might say about those shows until more people than those who have screeners have had a chance to see them. But uh, I feel a little bit like I wasn't super happy with where we ended season two. I don't know that the things that I think the show needs to course correct on or th- are things that I think it will course correct on and what is turning out to be its six episode third and final season. So I don't know. I'm trying to like lower my expectations accordingly. Um, I think that might be a really smart way of dealing with it because that way, you know, we were never supposed to get a season two and three. Let's remember this show was canceled before it even premiered over here. So the fact that we have a season two and a season three is kind of a miracle. So perhaps we should, you know, just be glad we have them and take what it gives us. Um, even if that is not very Jane Austen-y or, um, 
doesn't include a, a certain uh, actor named Theo James. Or Lord, did he make some poor choices? He should have <laughs> just stayed with Sanderson. Although I guess he was great in The White Lotus. I'll say that. But the time traveler's wife was garbage. He was great in The White Lotus, and he's now signed on to a star in a Netflix show um, that will be coming next year. So I'm ag- so so I'm not sure. You know, this is sort of he's at that point where you remember when Dan Stevens first left Downton before he did Beauty and the Beast. There was sort of this. We're not sure if Dan Stevens has done the right thing yet. I think that's where we are with Theo James. I don't know. I think Dan Stevens, I've argued this before, is I actually think Dan Stevens is really underrated as an actor in terms of like the the array of interesting projects he has picked since he left out Nabby. Like mm-hmm. he has really made some wild choices that turned out to be great choices and, and have let him do a lot of different things. I'm not sure that I think Theo James is, is doing the same. Um, well, uh, let, let, I'm let just us... saying, I don't see a tremendous amount of difference between his characters across Sanditon and White Lotus and um, Time Traveler's Wife, except one of them is a lot richer than the others, I guess. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you're not wrong. I, I, and in fact, the, sh- the show he is going to be doing for Netflix, which is a, uh, a, a spinoff of The Gentleman, a movie where basically, uh, an American discovers that all of these, uh, uh, titled landed gentry are basically making ends meet by growing marijuana on their planta- on their on their land. Um yeah, I'm not sure this is I'm not sure he's going to play anything different now that I think about it. So perhaps you are correct. I just think Dan Stevens is really underrated as the larger point that I was making. I I, do, I I can't I can't argue with that either. Um how do you feel about Call the Midwife returning? Um I don't know. At this point like Call the Midwife has a little bit like death taxes inevitability vibe. <laughs> It's not something that I consider for me, um, and this is why this is why I don't recap it. I don't consider it like appointment television, but when I sit down to watch it, it's always very good. It's very emotional. It's very well made. It's it's weirdly comforting, but I don't super like feel it's not like appointment viewing for me. Like it's there. It's fine. I'm looking forward, actually, uh, with Carmen having uh, retired from televisions. Uh, Janet will be taking over the recapper chair this year. And I'm actually incredibly excited to read her recaps because between her dry wit and her actual knowledge of this uh, era of history, because she lived through it, um, is actually, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited to uh, to read her recaps. Um, I am, of the three, though, the most excited, as I said, for Marie Antoinette. Uh, like you, I have seen episodes. I actually watched the first um and uh i'm I'm halfway through the second one currently um i it's beautiful to look at just so you guys know this is it's gorgeous like i think they actually did shoot a lot of this in france and at versailles Mm -hmm. and it shows like the costumes are beautiful the sets are gorgeous it looks great I think that it definitely does take a bit to get going. And I was glad that when I interviewed the actors that we basically got like four episodes so I could sort of see where the show was going. I think if I'd only gotten one or two, I would not be as excited. So I think that's a, I think that's a one thing. Um, I think people do need to stick with it. It is an eight episode run. It will be weekly. It will be at 10 o'clock, um, which means it's going to go two more episodes than Sanditon. Sanditon's only six. Um, so, you know, even when Sanditon ends, you're going to need to keep watching. And I honestly think that it, I, I, I'm really hoping that it grabs people the way it grabbed me, because by the time I reached the end of episode four and I tried to watch, I literally was like, what do you mean five episode five doesn't work? Um <laughs> So, yeah, I, uh, I I have to say that that one did hook me um, and I am looking forward to it. I think it's really interesting 
in that um, some of the trailers for this show, I think, actually try to sell it as a little more like uh, like shocking maybe mm-hmm. than it is. But it's very like it's it's really weird. Like I there's a there's if you've seen any of the trailers, there's a scene where Marie Antoinette and another woman are kissing. And I saw a lot of people online like get head up about that for whatever reason. The the trailer kind of takes that moment entirely out of context in the rest of the story and makes it like a lot sensa- a lot more sensational sensationalized mm-hmm. than it is in the show. Um, which I think is sadly like a commentary on how a lot of our pop culture tends to view Marie Antoinette's life generally. But I don't think that that was what the trailer was trying to do. But just so you know, it's not like it's quite I I don't know. I think Marie Antoinette gets a bad rap, pop culturally speaking. The woman never said let them eat cake like she we just have we like to have this this idea of who she was. And because misogyny and patriarchy, it's that she is you know, a shallow airhead who loves clothes and to spend money and is like, you know, just the worst. And I just don't, I don't think that's who the real Marie Antoinette was. I think her real life story is interesting enough that you don't need to embellish it that way. I mean, she went to France to get married when she was 14. Like, cut the girl a break. Yeah. And um, I will say there is quite a bit of sex as you go on. But um, none of it is actually Marie Antoinette sex. Um, so, you know, Perhaps we should give the poor thing a break. Um, as I know, as I noted, uh, Sanditon ends two episodes before uh, 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 Marie Antoinette and two episodes before Call the Midwife, which is also an eight episode run. Um, and that's because it's going to have a, a midstream replacement of the four part Tom Jones, um, which is basically will round out sort of PBS's spring offerings. <laughs> so I have to make a confession. And I'm usually like a real uh, completist about finishing books, especially like I'm like I've I've started it. I'm going to finish it. I don't I don't DNF a lot in the middle. And I certainly didn't do it in college when I had to read books for class. But I got to tell y'all, Tom Jones is one of the only books I never finished. Like and I don't feel bad about it. That and Tristram Shandy is the other one, by the way, which if you've ever read Tristram Shandy, you understand. Uh, but I don't I don't particularly like the story of Tom Jones. And. I mean, I I don't know. I'm intrigued to see like, I don't the Tom Jones because the story is the story doesn't tend to get adapted that often, so I am curious to see what they do with it if they try to to modernize it or change it up in some way. I mean, the colorblind casting is a good start. Um, Hannah Waddingham in anything and is always a draw for me. But my problem is I don't like. I don't like Tom Jones, either the book or the character. Um, so let's see. I think um, I've seen the first two episodes of the show. And what really struck me about it was that for the first time, I really saw like that there is a type of comedy that PBS goes for. And this very much falls into that sort of herky jerky silly moving um um i don't know like it 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 has a feel to it that like i was like wow did you were you guys so worried that we wouldn't understand this was a comedy that you felt the need to paint the word comedy across the camera like it feels it, it feels very artifice in a way that i was not expecting i think is actually what i'm trying to say here um hannah waddington is lovely um I am not sure that this show will be for Lacey. 
Which is weird because it's almost, it's a period drama, which are almost always rated for Lacey. But again, I hate Tom Jones, so there's a slight problem. And I do think that there is an attempt not to modernize exactly as much as to um, smooth out some of the inherent um, sexism that is part of the Tom Jones story. But I think there's simply too much of it baked into the text for the, to be able to overcome whatever it was trying to do. And I think that is a problem that if, if you love Tom Jones, you will probably love this. If you are like me and Lacey and you don't really like Tom Jones too much, this, I don't know. Would you, would you say it's like, have you read the book? Yes. Um, is it like a faithful adaptation or, I mean, the other than the colorblind casting, which I do actually like think is an interesting move, but I also don't know that they're going to do anything with it. It's not faithful in a plotting way, the way that you would sort of, it's not faithful the way like a 1970s masterpiece version of Tom Jones would be faithful. Mm. Um, and it is very aware of the 1960s movie and it wants to not be that. Um, but at the same time, there is a level where Tom Jones is kind of, I don't know, like, I don't like him as a character. He's kind of an idiot. And I don't feel like the show in any way tries to fix that. I mean, as someone who did not finish the book, I will tell you that the problem with Tom Jones is Tom Jones. Yeah. Well, there are other problems with that. But the biggest problem with Tom Jones is Tom Jones. So, yeah, I am. Um... I'm curious to see, I'm curious to see the rest of it. Um, I'm hoping that it's I'm hoping that it comes out okay, and I'm hoping that people like it because I do think that masterpiece needs to do more comedies. Um, and I do feel like this has a lot of the hallmarks of what masterpiece likes in a comedy. I'm just not sure that this is the comedy that's going to fly. So we'll see. Uh. Let's see what else is coming uh this uh this month. Okay, so basically at this point there's a we've got March um which has a ton of stuff. Um we have HBO has Rain Dogs which is a a com which is a, a, a co-production with BBC1. Um we have a uh, BritBox doing the Confessions of Franny Langton um which is a a period piece uh, based on the book of the same name. It's excellent, by the way. We have MGM Plus entering the rodeo with A Spy Among Friends, um, which I find to be a fascinating story, honestly, because A Spy Among Friends was originally commissioned by uh, Spectrum Originals, which you've probably never heard of. And there's a reason for that. It's because it went under six months ago and the completed show basically needed to find a new home. Um, it was done in conjunction with ITV and ITV aired it um, as the flagship launch program for its ITV X streaming service. And then as uh, Amazon picked up uh, Epics and re rejiggered it as uh, MGM Plus, it picked up A Spy Among Friends as well. And it is also using it as the launch vehicle for this new streaming service. Which is actually kind of the old streaming service with a new name. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, it's it's being remarketed, it's being rebranded, it's not going to have, like, it, it is keeping some of the epics programming from before, um, you know, uh, B Belgravia, which wasn't going to get a second season, now has one, Dawn is getting a second season, Rogue Heroes, which epics basically lucked into, it has a second season, um, and MGM is riding on all of those. A Spy on Friends to me feels like, well, we're MGM Plus, so we need a James Bond show, but the Broccoli's won't let us have one, so this is what we're going with. 
Um, <laughs> honestly, like that's what I feel like it is. Um, I have not actually gotten a chance to watch the screeners for this, and I am very, very curious to see what it is about this show that two different production people behind two different uh two different production studios behind two different networks launching two different streaming services looked at this and said this this is what we want to use um i don't mean to say that it might be good i don't know if it's good we'll find out um but there's definitely something about it that 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 is speaking to uh people in television land anyway well, a lot of times people in television land are dumb. So. It's true. I, I can't argue with that. I don't know. I feel like this is uh, this is Damian Lewis's first big project, both since he left Billions, who and apparently is now going back to Billions too, mm-hmm. um, and since his his wife um, Helen McCrory passed. So, so we should support it for those reasons, if nothing else. I feel like I like Damien Lewis. I do but too. I don't know. I don't know if that show's rated for Lacey, but we'll see. I am also looking forward to uh, over on Acorn TV. There's a funky little mystery showing up called Holding. Oh, whatever. That does not. That does not look rated for Lacey. I'm just over here being like, watch Fran- watch the confessions of Franny Langton, people. It's really good. I was going to get to that next. Uh, Holding, I just want to like say briefly, um, for us mystery lovers, it's written by Graham Norton, which I didn't know he wrote more than Anthony Agony Ant columns, so I'm a little curious about that. Apparently this was his debut novel. But it stars Conf Hill as like this hapless Irish policeman who has to solve his first murder in a tiny little town, and he's like been the cop for 30 years, and he's never had to get to anything but the bottom of a pack of the crisps, and now he has to get the bottom of a murder and it looks adorable and i love conth hill and i love like mysteries in little towns so um all six episodes of that are coming to acorn at once uh in early march and i really um i'm hoping people watch um but the big the big period piece that we should all be looking for for march is definitely franny langton and i really want Lacey to talk about this because this has been her jam it's good um, and I was really unfamiliar. It's based on a book also called The Confessions of Franny Langton, which I was unfamiliar with, but I'm now going to read. And it is a story. I don't know. It's really if you look at it and you think it's going to be like Bridgerton or something, it's not like that at all. It's sort of a one part gothic drama, one part romance, one part murder mystery, one part just straight up period drama. And it is about uh, a woman whose name is Franny Langton, obviously. And she is uh she was enslaved on a plantation in Jamaica and she comes to England where she is literally gifted to this couple by the guy who owned her in Jamaica. But this is set during the early eighteen hundreds in that sort of gray period where the United Kingdom had abolished the slave tra- international slave trade, but before like emancipation happened. So a lot of people um exploited black people in Britain during the time, like families would force people to work for them for free and all kinds. It's a really like murky sort of not that great period in history. But anyway, Franny ends up falling in love with the wife of the man she is gifted to. They have, um, they have a romance, but the story opens when she wakes up in bed next to her, uh, her, she calls her Madame, but she is the wife of, she's the the lady of the house she wakes up next to her covered in blood and is arrested for murder and because she has a laudanum habit can't remember if she actually did it or not and it's a really great like it's just a really great story it's told across two timelines one of which is the murder trial that she 
is going through and one is her narrating the story of her life and how she came to England and how she met Marguerite and how their relationship developed and blah, blah, blah. And it is so unexpected, I think. I love anything, and I've said this on the show before, I love anything that sort of stretches the boundaries of what we expect period drama to be and do. And this is absolutely a show that does that. I mean, it centers a Black woman who is a former slave. It is a queer romance. It's a murder mystery. One of Franny's best friend is a is a woman who owns a brothel because that's one of the ways that Black women were able to be independent during this time period in England was to be sex workers. It's just really rich and interesting and and does a lot of unexpected things. It's really good. So watch it. The end. Yay! Um, no, I actually am really excited for this. Um, of all of the period pieces, honestly, like I, I, I'm really into Marie Antoinette because I've seen some of it. I'm really into this one because I haven't. Um, and you know, Britbox, it has a tendency to get really good stuff when it gets the good stuff, like Sherwood. Um, so I'm really, I'm hoping that this one is 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 a banger. Um, I think that it is very. I think I think it's a very good sign that they are dropping it where they are dropping it since this is the Emmy section. Um, Britbox and Acorn and these very small time streamers usually aren't you know noted for um emmy love and the fact that it is in any way trying to make a play for attention in this three-month period um is a sign i think that they think that this is really good and that this has like real legs to walk with um so i'm i'm hoping um that this i'm hoping this one is maybe the hit that britbox really needs um, cause Ripbox really needs one in order to break out of being like this tiny niche British only thing. Um, and I mean, it, I, it, I, not to say that it shouldn't be a tiny niche British only thing, but I'd like more people to know it exists. Um, cause it, I think it's one of my favorite streaming services. Um, anyway. Um, so let's see. Um, the other, uh, major fun show that is coming, um, actually, no, we have two. Um, one is Great Expectations. Um, which is going to be over on FX on Hulu. Um, and it's going to star uh, Olivia Coleman. Which really, for those of you who are also confused by this, just means it's like on Hulu with an FX sticker on it, I think. Yes. I don't know. Yes, that is literally what it means. Yes, that is literally what it means. Um, FX is now more a sticker than a network. Um, it's a long story. Uh, just go with it. Um, anyway... The fact is, is that I'm a li- uh, great expectations to me feels a little bit like the Tom Jones thing, where this is another this is another adaptation where we are trying to modernize without modernizing, um, without modernizing too much, I guess, um, and which has some serious problems sort of baked into the text that I don't know that it can get over. I really just want a version of Great Expectation that just like fully leans into the the misandry. That's what I want. Oh, I, I don't I, I don't disagree with you. Um I think if there's any version that might do that, it could be this one. Uh this is done by Stephen Knight, the same guy who did Peaky Blinders, um, with Tom Hardy producing. Um, they're the ones who did that incredibly wacko Christmas Carol back in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think that's probably a better point of reference than Peaky Blinders because mm. it's also Dickens and, mm. and whatnot, but it is a very like that Christmas Carol is rough. Uh-huh. Like not that it's bad, but it's just like when you think of a Christmas Carol, you think of like cozy holiday stories where we're all, you know, God bless us everyone and we learn about like the power of a living wage and all of that stuff. But 
I the the FX one aired a few years ago. Guy Pierce was really good, but like Scrooge was a complete psychopath. I think there was like child abuse yeah. or child sexual assault or something. I don't know. It was like bad, like not bad quality, but like just that's not what I watch a Christmas Carol for. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So as 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 you say, um, if you're looking for a, a great expectation that may lean all the way into the misandry, this might be it. Um, but I, mean, I I'm let's be real here. Um, there are two things that can be true simultaneously. One is that we probably don't need another adaptation of Great Expectations right now. And I don't I certainly don't think we did a six hour one. I need people to figure out how to judiciously like cut stuff out of the story. Like, come on, guys. Dickens is notoriously wordy. Like, cut it back. Um, and two, I will absolutely watch Olivia Coleman play Miss Havisham. Yeah. Like, I'm not proud. <laughs> Um, this will be debuting um at the end of March, March twenty sixth, with two episodes, and then it will be, and then it will turn to a weekly series because that's what Hulu does with shows. I mean, this just does not need to be six hours long. I know. I'm hoping the fact that it's technically like five installments because they double up the first one will make it a little more palatable. Um, and that I will not like drop off. But no, I mean, there's just so much. It- I'm also not like a huge Dickens fangirl in general, but like there's just so much of the story that I think you could excise completely and not really lose anything. So I don't know why people don't do that. Like I said, there's problems with this show baked into the text that I don't know if they're going to be able to overcome. Um, The other big release this month is going to be Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Which we realize is technically not British, but feels British. It feels British. We love it. We 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 love Roy Kent. Um, we love AFC Richmond. We are we are Richmond until we die. We we love Nathan Shelley. Well, maybe we don't. And I'm actually from Richmond, like, but Virginia, so that tracks. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh. I'm looking forward to the end of Ted Lasso, mostly because one of the things about this show is that it is really doing the British style show of. We are doing three seasons and we're done. Um, girl, they have not said that. Yes, they have. They've said it in interviews. Apple hasn't said it. No, Apple hasn't said it because Apple really wants them to change their mind. There has legit been no official announcement that this is going to be the last season, and I would not, I, I would not bet against Apple money. Is all I'm saying. It's true. Um, you are correct there, but I, I, I hope that Brett Goldstein and Jason Sudeikis literally hold firm here because this was supposed to be the final season i really want it to be the final season i want them to tell i don't know how you have a show like this and you don't immediately come out of the gate with the final season look at succession oh true um speaking of succession it also debuts this month which succession does not have a place on this podcast i'm sorry you know you you know you know what you forgot is season two of the Larkins is coming in March too, which I really enjoyed the first season of, and I'm incredibly wary about the second. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm really worried that that's going to suffer from a real sophomore slump, especially with the recastings. Oh, they recast the main girl, so mm-hmm. buckle up. Apparently, there was just all these horrible stories about like on set problems and things, and just it was it did not sound like a great. Uh, working environment i would not expect the larkins to continue past the season um bradley walsh is uh from doctor who is the uh um 
uh, is plays Pop, and he actually says that he has a lot of stuff lined up. So if there is a season three, it will be a while before they get it. And I think that that sounds like an excuse to me. Uh, I just, I just, Sabrina Bartlett, who was who played the eldest daughter in the first season, left the show, and they recast her. And I don't even remember the name of the girl they recast her with, but like she was honestly one of the best parts of the show. So I, I don't know, I don't know how it comes back from that. But if you would like to watch it unfold in disastrous fashion for yourself, that is back this March as well on Acorn. Also, uh, one more show on BritBox that I uh, that I also forgot to mention, Staged. Oh, Staged. Which was on Hulu for its first two seasons. Uh, I moved to Amazon for a while. And now all three seasons are going to be on BritBox. The first two are moved at the beginning of March. The last one will be at the end of March. I am very excited for this. I love Staged. I mean, I'm excited for this because I'll watch David Tennant and Michael Sheen do whatever. But mm-hmm. I do think... I can't really believe it's coming back for a third season because... It feels sort of unnecessary because the, what made the first season work so well for me, the second season is is very good, but it did not work quite as well as the first for me because, you know, pandemic living has changed or stopped completely in some places for so much over the, since the first season came out. So it feels a little weird to me that we're still making a show based on this conceit, even though they've met in real life now. Um, or rather, we saw them on screen together in I'm making air quotes real life in the in the second season. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we needed a third season of this, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it. Season three, as I understand it, is actually going to be backstaged, and it's going to be the making of the first two seasons and all oh. of the and a fictionalized story of all the stuff we never saw. And that is actually like why I think this could work. Um, because at this point, you're right. We are done with the pandemic. I mean, well, the pandemic's not done with us, but we seem to be done with it. So, uh, good luck. Uh, get your flu shots and things. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's March. And then we have April, where we have, we have so many things. A uh, Dag Leash is coming back for us mystery folks. Um, there's a uh, Hull Razors, which is going to be over on Sundance, which looks like a re- ridiculous uh comedy of three women who are basically like uh sort of a 30 something women who are all looking for men um there's a cane cans confidential which is a french set thing that's sort of like a it sort of looks like murder in provence but like better hopefully um no offense to uh um sean um, evans no roger allen thank you you had to say sean Evans for me to get to roger allen um Roger Allen stars in a, a, a Murder in Provence, which is a perfectly serviceable mystery that is really only good to watch because they're in France and eating French food. Um, I'm hoping Ken's Confidential is a little bit more than just sitting in France and eating French food while solving mysteries. But, you know, hey, honestly, can't go wrong with that. I also really love Daglish. I uh, I love um, Bertie Carville, and I think that, like, he deserves the world. And um, if he wants to play Daglish, I'm going to watch. I was not super into that show but i do love him so i support him getting a paycheck and (laughs) having a show (laughs) oh let's see what else uh there's also um in movies there is chevalier which is the period the period movie that i am actually really really excited for this uh chevalier is a basically he was a contemporary of mozart and like 
uh, he was uh, he was black and he didn't get a lot of attention because of that. And this is sort of like a correcting the record sort of film. And I am actually quite interested in it because I don't know enough about this. I also just don't know enough about classical music in general. Perhaps like WETA classical people can like teach me stuff. <laughs> um, I do believe that WETA classicals uh, podcast, which is called Classical Breakdown, did an episode on him very recently. So. Oh. How timely. Check your podcast app. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, uh, if there's one, if the period piece that I, the period pieces that I'm looking forward to most in March are Marie Antoinette and, uh, and Franny Langton. I think the period piece I'm looking forward to the most in April is Chevalier and Daglish. I think it's Chevalier. Babe. Chevalier? I have no idea. I can't speak French. I'm, 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 I'm a dumb American. I'm sorry. Thank you for fixing my pronunciation me and duo me and duolingo are spending a lot of time together yeah. but i also just think because that's how they refer to um the brother of king louis in versailles is the chevalier oh hey okay all right so let's go with chevalier because it's a it's a t- it's a title also coming later in the spring we have happy valley um which i think there's you know a lo- i have never watched happy valley have you never watched happy valley it's james norton i don't know there's, look, I have to watch a lot of things, okay? Okay, true. Also, isn't it kind of about like rape or about like a rape case? Oh, I yes. just get, I just, you know, I can't. I can only watch so many stories about sexual assault. So the first season of Happy Valley is basically Sarah Lancashire as a, a cop. Her daughter committed suicide because she was raped and forced to have the child. Um, she is now raising the child along with the uh, uh, she's the 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 mom is now raising the child along with her sister. But basically, James Martin is the guy who raped her and who uh, and who is the father of this child that they're raising. And so it's sort of a weird sort of fight because she hates this guy and she wants to put him behind bars, but he is also the father of her grandson. Um, and there, that's basically been sort of the plot of this for the last three years. Um, the first two seasons, you know, are her sort of, in the first season, she basically puts him away. In the second, he gets his revenge. In this one, uh, the child has grown up, but it's still played by the same kid actor, um, who is now an adult actor, um, who is also now co-starring in The Bay over on, um, over on Acorn. Um, I think... I think the bay is on Acorn, or is the bay on Britbox? I forget. Damn, the bay is on Britbox. Bay is on Britbox. All right. Um, but yeah, he also stars over on the bay. Uh, he is a, and he is now an adult, and he wants to make choices. He wants to get to know his dad, and Grandma has to deal with this. Is sort of the plot of season three plus mystery, because of course there's mystery because she's a cop, and that's what she does for a living is she solves mysteries. Um. Uh, Happy Valley was very popular the first two seasons over in the UK, and I feel like it's been quite a while. It since has that show was on. Um, season two was in 2016. Season one was in 2014. So you know, 2023 is quite a jump. It's been almost 10 years, which is why the same kid can play now. You know, a now adult. Um, I. Uh, I, I, we are going to be covering this. I believe Rory is going to be doing recaps of it because he loves Happy Valley. Um, so I, I think, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to his recaps, certainly. Um, cause I want to see his take on it because it is a little, you know, rapey. Yeah. I don't need that. The one thing I hope everybody takes away from this overstuffed preview of this overstuffed season that we're about to enter into is if you do not think something is for you. You don't have to watch it. There is something else that you could watch. 
Um, it's, you're very, very correct there. Um, let's see. Also in May, Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. If that's for you, watch it. <laughs> oh, um, right. I forgot that was coming in May. Yep. Uh, you know what else is coming in May that you're going to be excited about? The Great. Yep. The Great Season 3. They just announced that like last week and I'm so excited. I love that show so much. Also coming in May that I am kind of excited for, um, Mrs. Sudu Investigates. Um, basically, this stars Mira, uh, 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 Mira, shoot, I forgot how, to, I forgot her last name. She's basically the wife of the guy from Unforgotten. Um, Sanji's like in uh, real life or on the like show? in real life like they're like the, oh. she's his wife and they they uh they've starred together in comedies they're both com they're both originally com uh comedians he then got like this 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 drama role in Unforgotten and has basically become famous in America for it but he was originally famous in uh in 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 the UK for the Kumars which uh, he and she starred in together and now she's doing her own mystery show um called Mrs. Sidhu Investigates and it's actually based on a bbc4 uh radio play um that she helped write um and now they're taking it to the small screen and it's gonna be coming to acorn in may and i'm actually really excited for this um i know i know this is not your lane you probably won't be interested yeah this is not my lane but i support more i support more ladies getting detective shows always also we don't have enough south asian detective mm -hmm. shows and South Asian starring detective shows. Um, you know, uh, Sanjeev Paskiri is also going to be doing his own, uh, uh, his own show that he's uh, headlining called Inspector Singh Investigates, which is coming to BritBox. But that doesn't have a time frame yet. I believe it might be coming in the fall or next year. Um, so I think it's just really exciting that like we have this sort of wave of like South Asian mysteries that are coming towards us. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for all of them because I love mysteries. Um, speaking of uh people of color in traditional store stories where people of color are traditionally not present should we talk about queen charlotte how do you feel about this this is isn't like how, like this isn't from the books right like she's basically like no. writing a book to to go out with the netflix show correct so basically um bridgerton the books never had queen charlotte in them because in these romance stories in that that involve the aristocracy you never actually see like the queen or like the actual royal family like that's never actually part of these books in regency in regency romances um and it was shonda rhymes genius idea to add queen charlotte in and to take the rumor that she was of moorish descent um and run with that and make her a black make her england's first black you know queen consort um and even though like i don't love that she then says well and 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 this inter and this interracial romance in the royal family magically made everybody happily tolerant yes because we know um i i believe there are two royals who can tell you very much that that is not the way the world works um but I uh, I do think that having her as a character is fascinating. I love the way they portray her love story with the ailing uh, King George in the Bridgerton in the Bridgerton series. I think that's a great addition to the story as part of an ensemble. Um, I also know that Julia Quinn did write prequels to the Bridgerton series that were called the Rokesby series, and they featured like Ed, 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 uh, Ed uh, Edwin's sisters and like their friends. Um, 
this is said a little before that. This is uh, because by then, like he and Violet are married and like you get to see like little Anthony and little Benedict and little Colin running around. This is before uh, Violet gets married. She's Violet Ledger in the prequel series now. And we're going to see her get married. Um, we meet uh, Lady Danbury when she's Lady Agatha, newly married to Lord Danbury, um, who is much, much older and very controlling. And we get the queen as she first arrives to marry King George. And, you know, I do think this is an interesting choice. Um, I think the fact that it is a limited series is telling. Um, it's also much shorter than regular Bridgerton. Um, you know, the fact is, is that they, Netflix has been doing this with its very popular shows. It just did this with the with the the Witcher, with the Witcher Blood Origin. And the Witcher Blood Origin was really bad. So I um I'm a little worried. Well, I'm I'm worried because there is often a a trend when you have a popular show where you think the way to either expand or keep that show going is to take a character who works great like as a side character or as part of an ensemble or as part of an ensemble and make them make the whole show about that character. And I can't tell whether or not Queen Charlotte is a character that I need to see an entire show about or who will still be interesting or, quite frankly, just not annoying as, like, the star of her own series. Like, some characters just... I don't know. It's like I was I this I come to this because I was having a discussion with somebody the other day about whether or not um, I think if they can't get a third season of Ted Lasso, will Apple try to greenlight a spinoff of some sort? Ah. And and I was the the conversation we were having about this came up about like, well, what if they tried to like make the whole show about Roy Kent? And I'm like, the reason the Roy Kent works is because Roy Kent isn't the central character. Yes. And I don't know if Queen Charlotte is in that same category or not. Well, okay, here is my argument for why this might work, though. And that's that this is an ensemble series the same way Bridgerton is. One of Bridgerton's most genius things was to take what are individual romances where the couple is the center couple and make it into this big-ass rollicking ensemble of everybody's in love and everybody's dating and everybody... And so even if you don't like the central couple... There's always something for yeah. you. And I feel like, you know, the fact is, is that we don't, it's not just Queen, if this was just Queen Charlotte and King George's story, I would agree with you this look that that, but we also have Lady Agatha, who is uh, played by a complete newcomer. Um, we have uh, Violet Ledger, um, who is played by the kid who used to be in Mr. Selfridge. Who is Michelle Fairley playing? I love her. Uh, she is playing George's older sister. Who is basically in? Who is basically like regent at that moment until he really takes the throne, and sort of like is ruling as the female ruler, and who Queen Charlotte is basically going to depose uh, once she marries the king. Um, so she's sort of the the antagonist here. Um, Interesting. And and yeah, I am I am I'm curious to see how this goes. I think it is I think it is hilarious that Julia Quinn like is racing to write basically the the novelization of this like to go, the tie-in book, mm, um, which will also come out on May fourth, the same day as uh, Queen Charlotte arrives on Netflix. Um, I think that might just be most of it. Oh, and Eurovision. Let's not let's not forget Eurovision. Oh, 
I know people care about Eurovision, but I somebody will put it on social media. It's true. Hannah Waddington is uh, Hannah Waddingham is one of the uh, hosts along with Graham Norton. Um, Mel from Sue and Mel of the Great British Baking Field fame is going to be doing commentary. I, I guys, it's Eurovision. It's in Liverpool. It's going to be fun. Is it? Is it Liverpool also supposed to be like standing in for Ukraine? Uh, yes, because Ukraine won, but um, unfortunately, Maripol is not exactly a safe place to hold a giant worldwide concert um, because bombs keep falling on it. The UK was first runner-up, which in its own is just a shocking thing because the UK used to come in dead last for years and years and years. And the fact that they even like were second place last year was stunning. And then, you know, of course, the Ukraine won and Maripol wasn't. And so the UK were basically like, well, we volunteer as tribute to host it since we were the first runner up. Um, so it's kind of a joint thing. Oh, okay. Did, wait, does that mean that they both still get to compete? Uh, yes. Um, okay. Well, Ukraine is going to win again. Sorry, guys. Well, okay. Here's the thing. Uh, the winner is given a straight pass to the final, but the UK always gets a straight pass to the final because it contributes so much money. So both of their acts are basically being sort of treated like the finalists, like they won instead of uh, just the Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine actually also won back in 2017. So their hosting team that they're bringing are all like veterans of actually doing the show where the UK people are getting to do it for the first time. So I actually think this is going to be a great broadcast for that reason, too. Huzzah? Mm-hmm. I'm just so excited for the great coming back, guys. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as as it was last year, Eurovision will be on Peacock and probably hosted for us by Johnny Weir. That is all. Okay. Is that everything on your list of stuff? That is everything on my list of stuff. That's a lot of things. I mean, and there's some we didn't even talk about, like tangential shows. Like, I think we covered Shadow and Bone last year and that's uh, back in March. Uh, that it, uh, like, mm, Ben Barnes mm. still looks really hot in it. That's all I can tell you about that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Before We Die season two is supposed to appear at some point this spring. We covered that last year. We we're not covering that this year. It was not that good and it's still not that good. And I still think you, if you really want to watch the right one, go watch the Walter's Choice version, which is on PBS Passport. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we have forgotten. There's just really so much. Yes. So much stuff. So much. Um, that's the spring. Mm. Woohoo. Uh, I did read that right now, finally, we have reached the point in the Washington, D.C. area where the sun now sets after 6 p.m. So I am pretty stoked about that. Peak bloom is coming. Um, but much earlier than usual, I think. I think probably around the 22nd. So if you're planning a trip to our neighborhood to see the trees, uh, don't wait. Um, Annie, tell the people where you live on the internet. You can find me at Annie Bundle just about everywhere on the internet, except for Facebook, where you can find me at Miss Annie Bundle. Uh, you can find pictures of my very fuzzy cats and their very fuzzy bellies at Annie Bundle on Instagram. Um, and yeah, I'm the associate editor here at Televisions, and I also freelance around the web. So if you want to know what I wrote today, just follow me on social media because I promote all my stuff around the web. Thanks. Huzzah! I am Lacey MB on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else around the uh, interwebs. So come be my friend. Watch me try to figure out how to use new platforms or just yell about things on Twitter as per usual. Like Annie, I write a lot here at Televisions and around the entertainment web, so... Keep an eye out. I tweet my bylines. 
it's all fun, et cetera, et cetera. I'm writing about like 8 million things over the next six weeks. So I don't know. Be nice to me. Read my stuff. Give a girl a click. Uh, the site and the pod are on social media at telly underscore visions on Twitter and televisions blog, all one word on Facebook. Uh, if you like what we do, we are at televisions.org on the interwebs and you can read news and recaps and reviews and interviews and all manner of business there. And if you want to help support us in our quest to cover all of this stuff, uh, the donate button is right up top and, if you are so inclined to be generous, you can also get access to PBS Passport, which is chock full of early and exclusive binge opportunities to things like the new season of Marie Antoinette and a new series called D.I. Ray that literally just dropped on Passport but won't air on television until the summer? July 9th. The summer. That is summertime. Um, <laughs> in the meantime... Uh, thanks everybody as always for listening take care of yourselves take care of each other give your cats some extra pets or treats from us or both Um, send us your thoughts on the shows that you're excited about for the next few months or later this year at televisions at weta.org or send us your cat pictures if you want us to put them in the newsletter Uh, in the meantime take care of yourselves I said that already get your flu shot get your covid booster i don't i don't know whatever get some allergy medicines in your house if you don't have them yet because it is rough out there all the trees are awake (laughs) (laughs) and how even my cats are sneezing it's it's rough out there so do what you can for yourselves for each other and we'll see you next week thanks for listening